Hello and welcome to Illinois Catholic, the podcast of the Catholic Conference of Illinois. This is Mary Massengale and I'm the communications director for the Catholic Conference. In this episode, host and executive director Bob Gilligan talks with Jennifer Walling, who heads up the Illinois Environmental Council. Bob and Jennifer talk about the Clean Energy Jobs Act, which is expected to be pushed during the spring 2021 legislative session. This conversation originally aired during our October 2020 radio show. Let's have a listen. Jen, are you with us? I am. Hey, Thanks for having me. No, thank you. Thank you for uh, getting up uh, kind of early this morning on this cold morning. It's freezing out there. I was can't believe I was driving in this morning thinking, geez, a month ago it was such such a nicer. <laughs> but hey, that's the subject of our of our conversation here, the climate, right? Um, mm-hmm. So you, uh, your organization, I know, is one of the uh, larger, uh, more active uh, entities out there talking about the Clean Energy Jobs Act. And um, I've read this, well, I've read aspects of it many times. I've read descriptions of it. I, I, you know, what we wanted to do this morning is... I think provide the opportunity for you to to educate uh, uh, the listeners that we have on on what's going on in Illinois with regard to this topic of uh, how do we preserve our environment, uh, be good stewards of our resources, and and I think specifically, sort of just broadly, what what is the Clean Energy Jobs Act? I I would try to cue it tee it up, but it, but I don't even know where to start. So why don't you sure. take a shot at that? Yeah, I mean. Um... We're really excited to work on the problem of climate change and, you know, tying it to things your listeners are interested in. Um, you know, the Pope's second encyclical, Laudato Si, sure. really covered um, his thoughts on how we care for creation and environmental degradation and, and um, the, the sins that relate in climate change. And um, I think this is a, a really important topic to our whole world. Um and so we want to address it as quickly as possible. But on the other hand, they know tying it, your next speaker is on refugees. We want to do it in a way that um, doesn't leave us with more poor people, with um, people who can't afford their energy bills. Um, we want a better quality of life for, for people. Um, and so, and, and you know, climate, um, there's so much that it's caused in terms of uh, world catastrophe issues that have caused refugees. So Mm. how do we address this really Mm -hmm. big problem? Um, And so our solution has been putting forward the Clean Energy Jobs Act, Mm -hmm. um, and it's a bill in Springfield um, that has four pillars. One is 100% renewable energy by 2050. One is a carbon-free power sector by 2030, then electrification of the transportation sector, and finally rooted on jobs and equity uh, making sure that the jobs and job benefits um, really go to the communities that need it the most. So that's what our bill is being put forward. Um, and there's a lot of energy, no pun intended, around sure. solving this and, and doing something in Illinois. I know Governor Pritzker came out, mm, I think it was in August sometime, and he put out some principles uh, about what the, should be in the bill. And is is that where we're going with this thing in general, or what's the what's I know because the governor can only set out some some principles. He doesn't draft the bills; the legislature does. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, is, yeah, is yeah. that where we're at now? 
Um, well, I think they're, yes, yes. I think the governor has been um, one of the biggest supporters of doing something on this issue and, and in the way that we'd like right. with 100% clean energy. Um, and so uh, I think his principles are very much aligned with what we want to do. There are some disagreements. And so having a lot of people in the room figuring out um, how do we solve this issue, how do we do it in a way that um, protects the environment, helps us solve the climate crisis, but also keeps rates low for consumers is a huge challenge, but it's not one that I don't think we can accomplish. Going to 100% renewables by 2050 is a pretty lofty goal, um, and I think in order to do that, you you have to make a transition from fossil fuels that we rely on today to mm-hmm. uh, clean fuels, clean sources such as wind and solar, and 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 I guess other. Um, how do you mm-hmm. how does how do you propose to to, to do that? Because that's quite a that's quite a challenge. Sure. So, I mean, I would have said. Just even a few years ago that, like, oh, I was working on 100% clean energy, like, I would have been a little skeptical of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been working on these issues just, like, a number of years. Um, just to even tie it back, I went to Bennett Academy in, in the suburbs and um, headed the environmental group there. And if you told me this is what I would be doing 20 years later and <laughs> working on 100% renewable energy, I'd be like, that is a little nuts. Um See, but dreams come true. <laughs> dreams come true. Um, I'm here doing this. And um, I think that, uh, you know, it is incredibly achievable. I think that we are there in terms of technology, um, the storage and battery power are growing every day. The energy system has changed a lot. I mean, we used to talk about the need for constant baseload power, but we have a lot of new technology that allows us to adapt to changes in the energy usage that's going out there. But also don't forget, you know, in Illinois, we are seeing a ton of coal plant closures and not because of renewables, because natural gas is so cheap. So last year, a quarter of Illinois' coal capacity closed, and they did it in such a way that they gave 30 or 60 days notice to those workers who were out of a job at Christmas. Um, And so I think that better planning for those communities is our responsibility um, to make sure that there's jobs and the benefits that they need. Um, but I think technologically we are there and in Illinois, we have a lot of nuclear power and our plan does anticipate nuclear power eventually going offline. Um, but, you know, we've, we've got all of the tools we need to get there. And uh, there are a number of other states that have passed that as a goal as well. Um, it's, entirely achievable. I think you, you mentioned a, a key point, which is the impact that uh, closure of a coal plant can have on a community and what is our societal obligation to try mm-hmm. to uh, cushion that blow a little bit. I think the other part of the Clean Energy Jobs Act that I, I saw was there's also some respect for disadvantaged communities as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are two of the sort of the main a big component of, of what you're trying to do. Um, talk a little bit about the disadvantaged communities portion of, of the of the bill. Yeah, absolutely. I think in 2016, we worked and Governor Rauner signed the um, Future Energy Jobs sure. Act. Mm-hmm. And as part of that, we did create some job training programs. And there is a, an, a special um, carve-out, particularly for returning citizens from prison, but also foster care alumni. 
Um, so there's an obligation under that law to recruit those type of folks with employment barriers to the clean energy industry. Um, and those programs are they're being very successful, but of course we're seeing a lot of a lot of job losses right now mm-hmm. um, yeah. with respect to the, the pandemic. Um, but we've learned a lot from that, and the Clean Energy Jobs Act really works on uh, those job training programs for disadvantaged communities. Um, one of the things it works on that we've learned is, you know, when you're working with people with employment barriers, you may need further wraparound services. You may need childcare. You may, may need access to transportation, boots, um, all of that sort of stuff that might prevent you from getting a job. And so um, we have a number of those things that help train folks to get to work and uh, access the, the community, but also programs like Illinois Solar for All that mm-hmm. actually install solar power on low-income people's homes so they can access the benefits as well. So we really do think a lot about disadvantaged communities mm-hmm. and how we can make sure that those benefits are accessible to them as well. Kind of going back to the renewable energy portion of the bill, the goal being that by 2050 it would be we would be 100% renewable. I think your plan mm-hmm. calls for 40 million solar panels to be installed and 2,500 mm-hmm. wind turbines. I guess my, my question to you is like, tell me what um, – God willing, I live to t- <laughs> around twenty fifty. <2050. laughs> uh, what 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 will what will our what will my world look like? What will my house look like? Will my will I be driving a car the way I am today? Um, what what will be different about my world? Well, I think that um, there's there's a number of things. I mean, hopefully, solar panels will be way more prevalent, and mm-hmm. um, you'll be able to put one on your house or access one that's somewhere else. Um, the other thing that, that is not, you know, you didn't mention there, um, a lot of the benefits of clean energy come from efficiency. Um, 80% right. of jobs that are in clean energy are in energy efficiency and saving energy. Um, and so I think people think about renewable energy or energy efficiency and they think like, like oh, no, like I'm going to have to, you know, really bundle up in my own house. I'm going to be uncomfortable the lights are going to be a color I don't want. Like people think of of that being their world, but in actuality, um, this new technology can really increase people's comfort levels. So, you know, our our goal here is not to um, take away your iPhone or even in some instances take away your car. It's just to make it cleaner. Um, and so, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more like electric vehicles um, by 2050. A lot more. I mean. You should anticipate that that's something that you'll be driving in your lifetime will be a car that um, that charges from electricity instead of gasoline um, because of where that technology is going. And, uh, you know, there's just, I think, bipartisan excitement around some of the electric mm-hmm. vehicles because it is domestic energy that we're using instead of getting a fuel source from somewhere else. And that uh, domestic energy is getting cleaner and cleaner all the time. Yeah, well, and by the way, if you can do anything about that, too, by 2050, I also need the self-driving car because by that point in time. <laughs> I want that, too. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to be able to uh, that's what you know, text and let somebody drive me. You yeah, know? That, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I, I'm really <laughs> looking forward to that one. Um, before I, well, you, as long as you can time the traffic lights well, I, that, that, that's kind of my concern. <laughs> um, the other portion of, of, of the bill, I think we've talked about most of them, is I want to go back to this energy efficiency thing. Is So – 
mm-hmm. I think what you're talking about too is, and I remember when this was around 2016, and and I was reading these bills, and and it was sort of fascinating. And I remember talking to you know some of the people at ComEd at the time and some of the experts about how they could. Um, lower the load on your house in terms of like when Uh you use electricity and how you use it. And it's really fascinating once you get into the details. I'm sure you know Uh a lot more about this than I do Um, in terms of like just how we live our lives every day. And if we can and if we can, if you will, tap the grid at times when there's not like um, a high uh, usage of it, it really reduces costs for everybody significantly. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you're up to speed on that stuff, but tell if you know anything about that, that that's kind of a very interesting subject, I think, as, as how we use yeah. electricity and how we live. Yeah, energy efficiency, there's so much exciting stuff, and I, it's kind of the quiet giant of all of this because, you know, we think of solar panels and wind turbines, but, like, really, it's, it's energy efficiency and it's, um, you know, jobs that can't be outsourced to China because you can't move your house there and you have to do work here. And so... Um, I think that there's there's a ton. There is a um, smart meter program right. where you know you pay. I think we were talking about there. You pay the same costs all the time when you're just with ComEd, like from seven or nine cents a kilowatt hour. But actually, energy ranges from one to two to three cents a kilowatt hour, up yeah. to twelve or sixteen cents, um, and that's what the actual market is. And so um, you can get a smart meter installed that will and sign up for that program. Um, and then uh, you can make decisions about your own energy usage. So you can decide, I'm not running the dishwasher at noon on a Tuesday because the prices are high, or I'm going to turn my air conditioning down, and you can save money and have control. Um, nearly everybody that signs up for that saves money. Um, but there are also a number of other programs just through comments. So the guy just moved into a new condo, um, and I already, you know, Comment has an excellent site to look at appliances, and I was able to compare them and mm-hmm. choose an efficient one. Um, but I also signed up, even during the pandemic, they have some virtual energy efficiency where they will give you free light bulbs and a shower. And, you know, I've been talking about these programs for years, but I've never been able to take advantage of them um, in, in being, you can do some with a renter, but uh, in being a homeowner, there's just so much more. So I've signed up for something in November, and um, I'm going to document it, get my my light bulbs in, my shower head. So there's all sorts of um, programs that are out there, uh, and ComEd is doing actually just a really great job um, at – at talking about energy efficiency. Yeah, you see it so, a lot. You, you do. Mm-hmm. You see it. Um, I've seen it in a number of places that I didn't think I would see it, um, and I think you're right. I, my, my my colleague up in Minnesota uh, had an interesting um, – they did a lot of work on this topic, and uh, they brought in a professor and some academics from uh, – I think it was uh, St. Thomas up in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And they did a really interesting thing that I wanted to do here, and maybe we'll do sometimes, but it was, it was geared towards, like, how people live their lives. And I think a lot of mm-hmm. times – what, what your what your point is 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 a good one, which is we tend to focus on turbines and wind and solar and all these really high tech gadget things. And I think there's a my point is this: I think there's a lot of thing we can do as individuals if we're just more cognizant of it and how we lead our lives and live our lives 
can also help reduce uh, the burden, uh, the, the, the amount of, of energy that we're using. And I think we just need to be all more cognizant of it. I think we are. We're mm-hmm. doing a great job. I think society has gone, has, has done it in the last 15, 20 years. Is, well, oh, actually, sure. I think it goes back even further than that. But I do think, and we can even be better at it, especially with technology. And, and I, I, we want to push that point more and more just to make people cognizant of these things. It's not that hard to do some of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I... Um, it, it's not, and I think, I think when people realize it's not just a benefit to the environment that they like can't see, it's an actual pocketbook benefit. In a lot of cases, this is an actual quality of life benefit. Like, not only, I mean, there's there's obviously cool technology things that you can get as a person who can afford them, but there are a lot of low income multifamily assistance programs. And as an example of of co benefits. Uh, one of the biggest reductions that we've seen in lead paint has been the energy efficiency window oh. replacement program mm-hmm. because um, those windows are what peel the most in terms of paint. And so going into low-income homes and putting in new windows reduces that lead exposure and, and helps children's brains. Um, and so lots of co-benefits there. But I do think, you know, with the Clean Energy Jobs Act and other work we've done, part of our goal is just to make some of these things easier for people. Like if we had never passed the law, there would be um, no, you know, no real-time pricing with the, the smart meter program. Um, there wouldn't be this low-income solar. So just the combination of making sure that um, government is making these programs accessible and making it easier to take these steps, um, if you'd like to, um, plus taking the steps on your own is a really great combination to um, – you know, our responsibility to the climate crisis. Jen, thanks so much for taking some time this morning. Got to run, um, run up against a, a break Absolutely. here. But uh, thank you much. Thank you so much for taking some time this morning. And and, and this is a very complicated bill, but I think mm-hmm. you broke it down and made it a lot simpler for people to understand sort of the direction and where we're going overall in society. Uh, thank, thank you, you so much, Bob. Thank you. Take care. 